College game day comes to Cincinnati finally, plus a dominant win over a quality opponent put the Bearcats in the top four to stay. All of that in games 9 through 12 of the Bearcats 2021 college football playoff season. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day of Lockdown Bearcats. Free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Subscribe and follow to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. By the time you're listening to this, I am on my way back to Macon, Georgia, from a great and well-needed vacation up at my relative's lake house in St. Joseph, Michigan. And we continue our, what I call the Lockdown Bearcats vacation series, because I am technically still on vacation. And that is where we begin today games 9 through 12 of the 2021 Bearcats college football season we are reliving the entire season Thursday was games 1 through 4 Friday was games 5 through 8 today is games 9 through 12 so week 9 versus Tulsa it's really week 10 but it was game 9 so if I call it week 9 college game day in Cincinnati and excuse me an incredible experience um did not think that college game day was going to come to Cincinnati, especially, you know, after the chance of having it against UCF. I mean, why would they come to Cincinnati after the Navy and Tulane games? But then I said to myself, you know what? This is, you know, a, a school that's never hosted it. They have the opportunity to potentially be in the college football playoff. More on that in just a minute. And the passion from the fan base. The passion of the fan base for both college football, for Lee Corso, for everything college football and college game day. That's why this, this university and this city, you know, got college game day. Why college game day wanted to come to Cincinnati and see the passion that it brings. And Kirk Herbstreet said it afterwards, that it was one of the best game day crowds they've ever had. And certainly the best this season. McMicken Commons was unbelievably crowded, jam-packed, you know, to be a part of and on the set of College Game Day was incredible. To, you know, be on national TV and see, you know, how a game day production is put together with the Home Depot student section, the cameras, the aerial cameras, just the, you know, the panoramic shots that you got of McMicken. It was unbelievable. And to be a part of it, um, to be there, you know, that's one of those things where you book a hotel the night before. If you live an hour away, which I did at the time, you an hour away from Cincinnati, that is, you did that. And lo and behold, I was there 815, you know, with my five layers on. It ended up being a pretty nice afternoon for football. But just, you know, to experience college game day, the Washington State flag, you know, all the signs, the pageantry, the passion from the fans. Look, there are a lot of things that are wrong right now in college and in college athletics, there's a lot of things that are going to happen that a lot of people aren't going to like potentially. 
But but you forget about that for three hours when you are watching college game day, when you are at college game day, and having been there now, and I can tell you all about it, that's what that's what I saw. So leading up to the game, there was that, the anticipation of game day. Cincinnati in the national spotlight on college football's premier pregame show. There was also being number six. And I wasn't happy about it. I know a lot of people in Cincinnati weren't happy about it. A lot of people were upset that Ohio State was ahead of Cincinnati. I didn't like that. There was a lot of people upset that Oregon was ahead of Cincinnati. There was a lot of people. There were a lot of people. I haven't seen there was. There were a lot of people that were upset that Cincinnati was, or I'm sorry, Alabama was number two and Michigan State was number three just because they beat Michigan. I think a lot of people were upset that Alabama was number two and and the committee chairman, Gary Barta, said that, you know, the main or the hardest, the main debates were in three through nine. So that means Alabama was a clear cut number two. And a lot of people were like, well, Alabama has one loss. Cincinnati has none. You know, why is Cincinnati, you know, why is Alabama just number two just because? Well, here's the thing. A lot of people were upset. I was not. Because I understood Cincinnati did not deserve to be number two, three, four. They did not deserve to be in the top four at the time. They deserved to be ahead of Ohio State. They deserved potentially to be ahead of Oregon. They did not deserve to be number two. We're in the top four. Number six was an interesting spot. If you remember last in 2020 in the college football playoff rankings, they were number seven. So that was like, okay, maybe there's a chance. There wasn't. Number six, though, you knew Ohio State and Michigan were going to play. You knew Alabama could lose another game to Georgia. You knew Oregon could lose to Utah. And you thought Cincinnati could still win out. So even though a lot of people were upset that the Bearcats were number six, I really don't know why. There were a lot of people who thought that Cincinnati still had it. I still thought Cincinnati had a chance. I really did. And then lo and behold, Michigan State loses to Purdue. And you say, okay, if Michigan State's going to lose to Purdue... Everybody just moves up a spot, right? Now, the Tulsa game itself, Cincinnati should have lost. Um, the game itself was in the first quarter and third quarters great. Second and fourth quarters awful. Tulsa could run the ball at will. They had two chances late to tie the game, and they almost did. Jabari Taylor's stop at the goal line was season-saving. But you're thinking, that's as close, a close call. The closest of calls of that season. And you're sitting there thinking, they are going to somehow lose a game. They are going to somehow blow it. So, I was really concerned after the game. USF, first of all, hated the day and time of the game. Friday night at 6? What? By the way, Tulsa, I was at that game for half of it. I had to go produce the second half of the game because my shift at iHeart started at 6. USF. I First off, that was on my 23rd birthday. 
And I think up to that point, the Bearcats and Bengals and the Bearcats or Bengals had never won on my birthday. In football, men's basketball, whatever. Never won. So I was nervous about that. Knowing me, there was no reason to be, though USF wasn't very good. I that night I actually kind of watched the game. I was producing the St. X high school football game against um who was it? I forget who it was. Nor do nor do I care because by that point my two weeks notice was already in and I hard. So anyway, USF um that game was interesting because the Bearcats built a good lead. Jerome Ford didn't even play that game, and I thought the Bearcats were playing really well. Yeah, Ritter threw a pick six, but he settled down and threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Ryan Montgomery had a big rushing touchdown late for a cushion, you know, a pad, put the Bearcats up 17. And by the way, that week, the Bearcats did move up to number five. So even though you were still a little nervous about the Bearcats because of the way they had played the previous three weeks, the fact that Cincinnati got put at number five because Michigan State lost, everybody else moved up, including Cincinnati. It showed, okay, if the Bearcats win out, they are going to most likely get in the playoff because the committee actually does respect them. So I had no problem with the committee at that point. I was just hoping the Bearcats could win games. So they're 10-0 after the USF win. They're number five in the country, but they had a big opponent coming up in SMU. Biggest home game of the season, biggest conference game of the season, and a dominant win would put them in the top four to stay. I'll explain next after a word from LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs, whoops. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. So create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. SMU uh, coming to town the weekend before Thanksgiving last year. The Bearcats were 10-0. Some people thought SMU could upset the Bearcats. I'm like, listen, that's not going to happen. I thought the Bearcats would win. I thought they'd win by 17 points, and sure enough, they won by 34. So that game I was at, the first half of that game, that was my last day as an employee at iHeartMedia Cincinnati. I produced the second half of that game. So I'm there for the first half. And I always there was always one guy who worked for ASAP Sports that I was really good friends with. Um, his partner, I think both in work and in life, her name was Susan. I forget her last name. And incre- was it Susan? Yeah, incredibly nice woman. Loved them both. Still do. Um, haven't talked to them since I've left Cincinnati or you know moved from Cincinnati for the time being. And I remember saying to or Ed saying to me, "Oh, hey, you know, I hear they're uh, 
going to have a deep route to Tyler Scott, first offensive play of the game. And I'm like, all right, we'll see about that. Not like that. I wasn't being snarky, but I'm like, all right, you know, we'll see. So sure enough, the um, first play comes around after a great defensive first, first defensive possession. Ritter drops back. Tyler Scott runs a deep route, go route, 56 yards, touchdown. Bearcats are up 7 nothing, and you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling like Cincinnati's in control, and they were all game. Yeah, they missed an extra point. I'm not worried about that. The chili special, the uh, double reverse touchdown to Ritter. You know, Desmond Ritter caught a touchdown his senior day. Him bringing out his daughter for the senior day celebration. That was cool. So many things went into that day in game, and the Bearcats ran away with it. You were concerned about SMU's offense averaging 500 yards a game? Well, they only average, they only um, amounted or amassed 196 in that game. So an incredible defensive performance by Cincinnati. Ritter goes over 300 yards, throws for, I think, three, maybe four touchdowns. I don't remember the exact totals. Bearcats are 11-0. They've you know, won every regular season home game of Ritter's career that he started. Anyone who was a graduating senior last year never saw a Bearcats home defeat. Then we go to ECU um, in week 12. Actually, you know what? I'll save that for segment three. So now you're thinking, okay, the Bearcats are back in business. They're blowing teams out. They're dominating. <clears throat> Sorry, they're dominating. But you really didn't know if they were going to be able to crack the top four. Well, sure enough, that night, Tavion Thomas and the Utah Utes beat Oregon. And Oregon was three at the time. So Oregon drops way down. Ohio State moves up to two. Alabama moves up to three. No, I'm sorry. Ohio State was three. Alabama was two. Ohio State jumped Alabama because they whitewashed Michigan State as well. They should have jumped them. That's fine. But when Cincinnati got revealed at number four, and you always have that feeling when you think you know what's going to happen, but you're like, you don't know because you've been through it before. You think something's going to happen, and it doesn't. But Cincinnati getting that fourth spot, that was powerful. That was powerful to see Cincinnati number four in the college football playoff rankings, which is two weeks to go. I'm like, okay, now we know the mission. Win, perhaps win dominantly. And the Cincinnati Bearcats were going to be in the college football playoff. The dream was going to be a reality. Any feeling that you had about the committee not respecting Cincinnati That went away that Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. You now knew what you had to do to reach the college football playoff. You had to win at ECU. You had to win against Houston. And perhaps beat ECU convincingly and post at least a good solid win over a really good Houston team who you knew you were likely to face in the championship game. And there you go. Now, at that point, we were talking about the Bearcats being number four in the country. At that point, while it was inevitable they were going to beat ECU, they still hadn't clinched home field advantage in the conference championship game. They needed to win at ECU to do that. So if you're worried about a letdown at ECU, which I was nervous about that game being the last game of the regular season, you don't want, it, you don't want the hopes to end there. ECU was actually good, though, 7-4, and four, and had some good wins on the season, plus... 
if you remember the game in 2020, how salty Mike Houston, their head coach, was after the game, huh, you were nervous. They were going to make sure that ECU was going to be ready to play that game. But as we find out, Cincinnati was too. Up next, Week 12 at ECU, another Friday game, which I liked, and a game that, once again, was hard to watch, but at the same time, was a good win. I'll explain next after a word from Bet Online. You see, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way or number one source for your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports news and league reviews and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so week 12 at ECU. Was actually nervous about this game because it was a big game. ABC, Black Friday, ECU was 7-4. and four better than they've been in recent years. And the last time the Bearcats went to Greenville, North Carolina, which I don't know if I would ever go to a game there. And I don't have to worry about that now because they're going to lead the AAC after this year, Cincinnati. And the last time the Bearcats went to Greenville, they were down 12 in the fourth quarter. Remember that wild 46-43 to game when Sauce Gardner had to pick six and Sam Crosa had to hit a field goal at the gun to win and the Bearcats gave up over 500 yards passing to Holton Aylers? Their quarterback, well, he was back this year for this game. And the Bearcats absolutely romped ECU the last time they played them. 55-17 in Cincinnati on a Friday night during the, the, the COVID year. Mike House and their head coach did not like the fact that the Bearcats ran a fake punt in the fourth quarter up by, I believe, 32. He did not like the fact that... um they ran Cameron Young 75 yards for a touchdown on the final play of the fourth quarter, up 32. Sorry, I had no problem with that. See, so didn't know if there was going to be some saltiness leading up to this game. And the fact that it was the last game of the season, it was on Black Friday, it was on the road, it made you feel a little nervous. But in spite of all of that, Cincinnati took control in the second quarter. Leonard Taylor with a touchdown, Jerome Ford with a touchdown. Uh, Sauce Gardner with a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Anything that you were nervous about after a first quarter where ECU got three points, Cincinnati had two drives, promising drives and field position stalled. You weren't nervous after that game. Ritter became, uh, he set multiple school and American conference records in that game. Um, Still felt like there was something on the table though, because the Bearcats didn't really play well down the stretch. Final score stayed at 35-13 for a while. It's a good final score. I did not think the Bearcats were going to drop out of the top four. They did not. But, again, you still you still felt like, well, they've never faced the caliber of opponent of Houston yet. You know, what's going to happen when they're in a dogfight? You know, all the time this season, the regular season was, you know, just building week by week the the hope and the possibility of going to the college football playoff. But at the same time, you kept thinking that you were on the brink of disaster. And yeah, that was not a good feeling. So there was, excuse me, sorry. So there was 
still that feeling of, well, are we actually going to be able to beat Houston? Are we going to be able to finish this deal? Is the Cincinnati sports curse going to knock on the door? You know, because the Cincinnati sports curse still existed at the time. You just didn't really know. And that's where the American championship, by the way, if you're wondering where I was for the ECU game, I was at home at my mom's house. My sister was in town. So we all watched that game together. I have a very unique experience from the American Championship game. I have a very unique experience in the college football playoff game. Those two games discussed before, during, and after, all those games discussed in full detail on Lockdown Bearcats tomorrow. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFranknon underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Lockdown Big 12. Get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen with everyday host Josh Neighbors. And the local experts of Lockdown take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, your second listen. As for me, I will be back tomorrow to to relive the American Championship and the college football playoff game. We have so much more to get to. Later on this week, hopefully getting John Garcia Jr. back on the show. Did not have him on a few weeks ago. Wish we could have uh, his thoughts from the Elite 11 camp out in L.A. Brady Dragish, Bearcats commit his performance. Who else the Bearcats have their eyes on from the Elite 11 camp? His thoughts on the Bearcats linebackers. So much more to get to this week. Um, and I will be back tomorrow to wrap up this vacation series because, well, uh, by the time you're listening to this Monday morning, I am flying back from uh, – St. Joseph, Michigan from vacation and didn't think I was going to have time to record tomorrow's on Monday. So I went ahead and did that earlier last week. You'll enjoy it though, as we wrap up my version of the Lockdown Bearcats vacation series. Looking forward to that. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day and I will be back tomorrow.